Oh, what's going on, everybody? Welcome in. It's the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast presented by Underdog Fantasy. Uh, season two, episode 11. This is round two of the rookie countdown. Gonna try to keep it under like you know an hour and 50 this time. We'll see. Uh, not gonna, not gonna stop the good times. Uh, that's My for damn sure. Knocking. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We're a little later today, uh, just some time shifts, but here we are. We got some pretty pretty badass stuff today we got picks 15 through 11 we have a new show announcement we have a new member announcement uh pretty pretty fucking stoked about that got some other things in the works coming up we've got the saquon barkley jersey giveaway which i will remind everyone how to get on earlier in the show while everyone is still 100 listening we haven't got enough entries for this people for fuck's sakes it's not hard right you go you sub you're already listening just scroll up Hit the subscribe button or the follow or notification button, right? Take a screenshot of it and just comment. Send it to us and you're in. You're, that's all you have to do. Uh, just just do that up and you're in. I'll get on. For, it. I'll further explain that more. We haven't got enough of that. Let's uh, let's chip chop chip chop. Uh, look, guys, I am your host with the most time on his hands. I am Thomas Tipple. You can find me at Thomas Tipple FF. And since Tom Lee has joined the show in the clip that I rolled. Last week, we have now added four new members for four different jobs on the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. Billy, oh, I, I, I thought there was. More I thought that was an announcement. I didn't know that that was like the. Yeah, that's that's my fun, fun fact. fact. That's my fun All fact. Right, we're we're starting off strong. <laughs> you you show up fifteen minutes late and everyone's asleep. All right, I, I'm Billy. You can find me on Twitter at BigBillyFF. Um, I really have no other place to say this or like <laughs> talk about this. And I'm notoriously face blind, so this could just be an awful take. But only what is that? Only Matt Corral's player profile, who player profiler picture looks like Miguel Diaz from Cobra Kai. And every time I click on it, I have to like immediately like rewind myself. And it's only that picture. No other Matt Corral looks like him. Just that one oh. picture. Oh my goodness. Okay. Um, We've got my name is Jacob Sanderson. You can find me on Twitter at FF underscore RTDB. And I just Googled Miguel Diaz Cobra Kai. And he <laughs> does indeed look like Matt Corral. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> What, is, what does face blind mean? I, I have this long ass history of me thinking two people look alike okay. and they just don't. You know what? Aaron makes like, fun of me for that all for, the time. Forever. It's it's a running joke in my family. I'm now dropping friend. a link to his Google images photo yeah. uh, in the private chat. Okay, and well now I have to see. a point. Thank you. Thank uh, you. Yeah, but it's yeah. only that picture. Like his player yeah. profiler one is like exact than every other one. If you look oh at Matt Corral. Like none of them are him at all. That is uncanny. Thank you, that guys. This means so much. I'm so excited. No, no, no. You tell you, right. you tell your family that we got you. That's how it is. Gosh, thank you. Uh, fa- fact check live on air. Yeah, we have to because if if we don't fact check it, we can't call him out on his bullshit later, right? We we got to cover our bases here, guys. The live draft show this year is shaping up to be unbelievable. I think we're at 21 guests already. Uh, some returning from last year. And we've got some new ones on there, too. Just unbelievable list of people popping up already. And we have more on the way. Um, look, I mentioned in the beginning that we added another member. And wait, wait, wait. Doesn't Jacob get a fun fact? 
My, my fun uh, fact was that was I just that Googled, he fact checked you. Uh, was, oh, Googled, okay. like, we're right, rolling right, today. Guy. We are. And then you're hey, correct. I was just trying to give my guy a chance. <laughs> I just want to make sure he got it. He got his that's, play. That's good enough fact. Ed. It's good enough fact. We are. We are absolutely uh, on a roll today, guys. We noticed that there was there was a part of fantasy football that was missing from our program. Uh, after our conversations with Alfred Fernandez of C2C.com. And I thought there's someone I know that just all they post about and all we've talked about is college prospects that not a lot of people have heard of. I know myself, I don't live and die for the college football streets, but this year uh, with, with a new look at a, a new, new ditty on the, on the broadcast, I'm going to have to, uh, I will be now hosting the Full Tilt Devi podcast uh, on the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast network with new Full Tilt Dynasty podcast member, Andy Starr. If you want to follow Andy Starr, welcome aboard, big man. Uh, that is A Star with two R's, FF on the Bird app. Go check him out. Uh, He's going to be running the show with me. I can't wait. I'm excited. We've already started putting it together. It It's going to be fantastic. And I'm, again, going to be completely out of my element. Not that I am in my element just talking about fantasy because, Jesus Christ, if you're listening to me and putting your money on the line, I got to tell you, that's risky. But, hey, I, I rely on my counterparts here for the info. I'm just here to talk into here and make sure I push all the right buttons and not be muted when I come online. So, full tilt. Devi podcast happy to announce that uh you can look for that right around draft time because once the draft ends well it's on the next years and the years after that prospect so cannot wait to uh to kick that off man that's great before we get into our countdown does anyone else have anything they would like to hit before we get into prospect 15 on our list no, I, I thought I had some run back from last week, but as I'm remembering it, I don't think I do. So you have no run back? All right. No, uh, no big fantasy I, news. Devontae Parker got traded. That's oh yeah, that one was. felt good. I good for him. <laughs> well, yeah, legit. Well, actually, the league where we all met, um, I actually I traded for Devontae Parker the day after the startup, which was February twenty-sixth of twenty twenty. And this league is, I can get it, but I feel like uh, that's... And this league has now been, like, for two years. It was, like, but I don't even know what it was because it was, like, a first for Parker and a second, but, like, I don't even know, like, where the first was, where the second was, whatever. But point is, I traded for Parker the day after the startup from an airport in Israel. Uh, and then this is the league where... where I Tom, forgot this, that's where we met. the second league that Tom and I were doing in Dynasty. It's where we met Billy. It was off of a Foot Clan forum league. Uh, yep. and then anyway, I like, I make a million dynasty trades. Like this isn't the most active league in the world, but like it's active enough. It used to be, it used to be much more active and yeah, but then Monty traded all of his pieces. Now, so no one, no <laughs> still, one has trades to make but like Devonte. I don't have a single player on my team from the startup. So Devonte Parker was the only, was by far the longest tenured, uh, player on my roster. And Billy posted in our Slack chat after the Parker trade, he could be a PPR steal. And then I bullied him into backing up that comment by trading me a third round pick. Yeah, it was fine. Whatever. <laughs> so for the record, I, like I, I'm not going to get angry. If I lose on that trade, oh, my, my hit no rate on third round it. picks <laughs> is notoriously awful. Anthony <laughs> McFarland, 
oh, see God. the rest of the list. Like, uh, there's really no losing or winning on that trade, but I I do think it'd be really fun if I like somehow hit on a Hall of Famer from the 304. And what then, if uh, Parker just, turns just his career around with Mac Daddy Jones? Like, come Although on. if I do hit on a Hall of Famer from the 304, I, there's a 100% chance I'd trade him away before he ever like, – Oh, <laughs> he'll be gone three weeks into the year if he, yeah, he does Yeah, he'll have two well. good games. Also, we'll trade him for a 23 second, second. And call it a profit. In yeah, this league, exactly. Tom Lee has one. So uh, shout out to Tom Lee. Where I believe yeah. that's the league where we met Tom Lee as well. It is, yeah. And Tom Lee has beaten me in the in the championship two consecutive years. Um, it's tough sledding. So it has been there's Love been 100 full tilt representation. Is... Tom Lee continues to beat me in the finals. I've I got third last year. Bridesmaids. This this year it's time for revenge, Tom Lee. I'm coming for your ass. <laughs> and maybe one of these years, I've had McCaffrey Christian McCaffrey be on healthy. this roster. By the way, like. <laughs> I have had McCaffrey on this roster since week one of the like the first game that was played in this dynasty league. I'm pretty sure he's given me like six games. Like it's the fact that and I've even made the final both awesome. years with McCaffrey, I find impressive, but it he triggers me so much because it's, he's just never hilarious. available for assistance. Uh one thing we should mention is the Eagles Saints trade, I think. Uh, because I think that's gonna shake the draft up a little bit. Teams might start to get desperate to trade up for these. Uh, not looking so great quarterbacks. Uh, Jacob, I know you were on a tweet bonanza about it earlier uh, in the week here. Uh, thoughts on the pod about the trade, or is it just like bewildering how well Philly takes care of these picks? Yeah, I mean, the, I'm just really interested to see what New Orleans does. Like the, the first take that I saw coming out of it, and I, by the way, like I don't think this is wrong. Like it was kind of my first thought too. But my first thought was, oh, they want to position themselves to be able to trade up for a quarterback. And that could be. But, like, it's really weird that they were like, let's lose value on a trade so that we're better positioned. Like, like imagine in our Dynasty League, right? Like, if I go to Tom, I'm like, hey, Tom, man, I want to, I want to like, get this player. And then you're like, okay, sure. But you see those good assets you have? Trade them to Billy for some worse assets, and then we can do a deal. <laughs> Like, that's just kind of like how it seemed to me. Um, so I don't know if that's what's going to happen. I I guess like if that's what they needed to do to get a trade done and they want to move up for a quarterback, like pretty much the only time I don't flame teams for trading up in the NFL draft is for a quarterback. So if New Orleans has a quarterback that they want, that they want to trade up for, I can't really hate on that. Even if I don't like the quarterback pick, like it's just, if you hit on a quarterback, it's such a big win. But if they are not, like if they're just trading up to just like get a dude and just putting a second and third round pick on their credit card, I, I, I don't love it. No. My, Go ahead. My Julie. favorite uh, my favorite Madden trade that I came up oh. with 30 seconds that I thought of for like 30 seconds before I was immediately like, that's the dumbest fucking trade I've ever heard was uh, the Saints calling up the Jaguars and offering their two first and Michael Thomas for one one. Oh god! I was racking up laughing at the idea of that. <laughs> like, Just immediately. <laughs> this is what I don't understand. They signed Winston the two years, right? This is why I don't think it'll be for a quarterback. I think they're going. I think going offensive line to replace Armstead, and I think they're going wide receiver because they paid Winston his two years. He's going to be there for two years. The guaranteed money looks like it's two years. They signed Dalton. They tell Taysom Hill he's done. Why, in my opinion, on a roster that's good defense was good the team was fine for like most of the year last year i think they're going for it this year with these two picks i really do like 
there's I think I think it was Vegas has Thibodeau dropping outside of the top ten right now. He might fight. They take him if he's there. Like, there's going to be a really good offensive lineman there. There's going to be receivers well, there. At 15, because the Ravens are going to take him at 14. Don't, and don't, I'm not. Tom's uh, going to like need a moment. Billy look, and I are going to have to host the draft yeah. show for 20 minutes. Look, Tom's going to be cleaning if, up his towel. If the Ravens draft Thibodeau, this is going to become a very rated R program very quickly because <laughs> it'll be darts off. Uh, and I'll be, I'll be ready for a Tilly uh, 100%. Uh, if they uh, if he is available and he's and he's not there, uh, to to talk about like that, um, I I see two separate takes on this, and it's kind of exactly what both of y'all just said. One, they're acquiring assets this year to trade up and get what they think is their best player because the Saints have a history of doing that. They love a guy, go up get him. Yeah. Maybe that's Malik Willis. That's a fun one, but like it, it's it's an interesting circumstance. I think we all can agree that I don't think the saints are two offensive pieces away from making a deep playoff run. No, I don't think they're two offensive pieces away from winning their division. So like, and especially on like the O line talk, what O lineman is going to be there penning? Cause yeah. you slide Cross, right Neil, in at left. Aquanu, they're all going to be gone. Yeah. Like, so slide your, Penning right in at left with and replace Armstead, or you can move Ramchick. Like it's yeah, I don't know any of these guys. I'm waiting till the morning of the draft to research everyone and then still kick ass with like just, just no oh, shut up with just the pick. No we Neil, had it nine Cronu in a row or whatever. Uh, that's <laughs> look, all you need to know. But, but they have Matthew Tyron Matthew in the building, right? Uh, they're they're gonna make try to make sure he doesn't leave. They sign him. Then they have Marcus May and Matthew. Now they yeah. need an edge rusher, and then they draft an offensive lineman. Even if they think Michael Thomas is coming back, that's like drafting a receiver in the first round. So I, I, mean, I don't like know. Saints, I don't see them moving up for a quarterback. I don't. The Saints see it. do this stuff, right? Like the Saints do like weird things all the time, right? I mean, they they're do. like it, it, salary it cap. Should be surprising, right? Like the Saints like constantly get themselves into cap hell, push it down the road. I mean, they traded a first round pick to move up like ten spots for Marcus Davenport, uh, like just a few years ago. Like they they always do weird things. And at Davenport's a really good player, but like they're just not a team that's ever shown to care about costs. Like they're like a, we want player X and we want him now. That's <laughs> and true. Like they've never been a team that's afraid to yep. overpay. So it's not. And Dennis I, Allen, Dylan said Dennis Allen's a defensive coach. If I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. So they could even be just drafting. They could be looking for an edge rusher or corner. They could draft a corner. I don't know, man. It, yeah. They, they scream taking, cause I don't think Pickett and Willis are gonna be there for him. Uh, they scream, taking whatever their favorite of the other three QBs Ritter. are. I could see R- Ritter. The only thing that's weird about that is like, why are you signing Andy Dalton then if you're considering drafting a quarterback? Like that's I mean, that's, that's stand, another thing. What did they mean, sign yeah. Andy Dalton for? Like four backup million. money. Yeah, backup money. Like but four million to the Saints, like that's like can I just they don't run exactly one year three million dollars. That's well that's they're the crazy. number one team with cap space right yeah, now. Yeah but why Actually, are you thank even you very much why are yeah, you signing like anyone though? Like, I don't know. It's just okay. weird. Like, can I just, yeah, we'll before see. we move on, can I just state, I want to shout out Blake Bortles uh, on this, on yeah, this dude, podcast. No, right dude, walk the fuck out. They no, signed Dalton and Blake Bortles is like, fuck you. Release me. I'm going to go be a number two somewhere so else. Good. Shout out to you, man. He's, he's the GOAT. Go be a, he's going to wind up as a number two in the X, in the XFL or the USFL, USFL. or whatever. 
Uh, I just wanted to point that out because I think that's hilarious. All right, we're All right, we got to get started because we went way we too have... long last time and we were already off the rails. <laughs> well, look, look. Oh, oh thanks, Billy. Thanks. Oh, All right. I have the video set up. All right. All right. Now that Billy's ruined wow. it, we're going to. We're going to take a second. Billy's running the show when we come back. I'm going to We're, and we're definitely not talking about Jahan Dotson. We're not talking about Jahan Dotson. Um, Billy's fired. Uh, here's <laughs> hopefully. The... Fired. <laughs> Look, hopefully, hopefully this clip is going to play correctly this time um, and oh. not lag out for whatever reason. But here's a clip or an attempted clip at what our live rookie draft show looked like just a year ago. And how far we've come. We're going to try to make this work this time. All right. We'll be back in a second. Like, you can't come onto a podcast on draft day in a Packers toque and then not expect to get roasted. All right. Like, you need to R E L A X. The people in the chat <laughs> are going to have some fun poking the Billy today. All right. That's what's going to happen. It's here's my. Y'all are here's, screwed. Did anyone place a bet uh, over under on how many times Billy changes his shirt just from sweating? Just coming through, <laughs> waiting for the note. Every notification is, huh? 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 don't worry, we're here for you, Billy. You can cry Please. in our shoulders virtually. I just again cannot believe uh, how far we've come as a program. Uh, just the way it looks. I was running through my OBS back in the day. Jacob's hair wasn't Trevor Lawrence flowing. Right, I found Billy's... Out how to center myself in this frame. <laughs> so you're not just staring down at my gut the entire time. Yeah, Ugh. man. It, it just we've we've come a long way and I'm really proud of it. So as 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 you can tell, uh Dotson's not on the screen yet, but we're you know, whatever. All right, here we go. We're not gonna talk about Dotson. I don't know who we're Pick gonna talk about. Oh, oh my god, it's Sean Dotson. It would have been a really Pick good setup 15. if I sent just some random player. Yeah. <laughs> See, that would have been better. All right, guys, look, 22-year-old Dotson. Talking about Jack Cohn. <laughs> yeah. Last year, he had 91 receptions for 1,182 yards. Pretty fucking good. 30% target yes. share, 62% catch rate, 12 touchdowns, and he even contributed 104 special teams yard. Look, just right out the gate, uh, athlete is is a stretch for him his 40 yard dash was 80 85th percentile his speed score was less uh you know spectacular at 36 than his birth score is a mid 53rd but uh, as i keep hearing athleticism does not matter at wide receiver as much so guys i called dotson rieger 2.0 i realized that i was probably a little bit too harsh he can throw the ball uh, for anyone watching the clip. Um, I, I think he's fine, but a lot of talk of him going in the first round now. I also want to point out that he did all this with a absolute ass-tacular quarterback. So shout out to him. I think 14 might be one of the worst quarterbacks I've ever watched play uh, the sport. So guys, Dotson, where, where are you at? How do you feel? Do you think the first round capital is warranted? Are you steering clear? What's up? I'm going to go, uh, Jacob looks like he wants to chime in real quick. Sure. Yeah. So I've, I've seen some talk about like his pro day being disappointing. It wasn't great. I think like I've heard some people that respect him to run the low four threes, um, or a combine. Sorry if I said pro day, but I'll, I'll read off some names. Like he is totally within the size speed range of 
plenty of players who have been really successful NFL players. Elijah Moore, 5'9", 178, 4'4", flat. Uh, we got T.Y. Hilton, 5'9", 183, 4'39". Emmanuel Sanders, 5'11", 180, 441. Uh, definitely plenty of guys who've had really strong NFL careers uh, within that sort of size, speed range. Deontay Johnson, another one, 5'10", 183. Actually was even slower. Oh, yeah. Ran a 4'5", 3". So I'm not worried about that. What, what I think with Dodson is like, He's kind of fine. He, he's like the opposite of how I felt about David Bell and Wandale Robinson last week, where these were guys I was like, I really want to love these guys. I want to draft them everywhere, but I'm really concerned about their draft capital. And like specifically, Dotson is a guy I've been talking about a lot in relation to any startups that are drafting rookies now, any early rookie drafts for you psychos and people doing best ball tournaments and stuff where you have to factor in the rookies because Bell has been going ahead of Dotson for the vast majority of the offseason. And I've been saying, yeah, I like David Bell better. Like, he looks better on my spreadsheet to me. We put up the little stats there with the yards per team pass attempt. <laughs> Bell's the early declare. He was above threshold every single year. Dotson, late breakout, late declare, kind of looks like the profile that tends to not hit very often among those drafted in the first round. But... He's probably going to be drafted in the first round. Worst case, early second round. This year, that's especially interesting because yeah. guess who's picking in the back of the first round? Green Bay, twice. Kansas City, twice. Like, mm. I, I think Dotson is a guy who I'm all over now. You know, if he actually goes to Green Bay or Kansas City and all of a sudden he's going at like the 1.07 or 1.08 of rookie drafts, am I going to be excited? Probably not. But would I love to have a few Dotson shares now at cheaper value? Absolutely. So uh, I, uh, I've i been drafting Dotson so much that he's actually my most drafted player on underdog best ball right now at 55% because he's drafted like the 18th round in redraft, which is wild to me. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, we'll see. As he, as he In terms of if he gets that first round capital, he doesn't excite me. You can see here. He has one really nice year, third year. Uh, and then yeah, senior year you know, still was underneath, even despite that 30% target share mm -hmm. uh, and, and the 90 caches. So. And of course, not an early declare, which, right, this is something. Not an early like, declare. Which at home on the, on the bird app. I, I, I put in, it seems they didn't sneak in, but like other uh, other four-year first-round <laughs> players uh, that were on this beautiful chart that I, I labored just for, for minutes creating, uh, <laughs> you know, Don Ross, Corey Davis, Mike Williams. Dawson is like the other one. That, that uh, one did make it. It we're just talking when it popped up. Oh well. Anyway, if if you can pull it up, but uh, Dawson is actually like he's like slightly worse Alave. I think is like the best way I would put it. Who we'll talk about Alave later, but they have a lot of similarities in their profile. Yeah, man. There's uh, here's there other senior declare round one wide receivers. Uh, I don't know why I included Campbell on there. He was round two, but um, <laughs> through uh, Josh Doxson in there just because of name name similarity. Yeah. Uh, but as you can see, like, I didn't like go out of my way by, by the way, to like find shitty ones. I just like went through, um, round one senior declare wide receivers of the last handful of years. And it's a little scary. <laughs> you can see the names here, like Brandon Ayuk, decent. Javonte Smith looks really good. Um, Mike Williams, you know, decent. Um, but certainly, certainly some scary ones here too. Billy, do you have a strong Dotson take or do you feel like this is just kind of where he belongs? No, the, this is Dotson and one of the other guys we're going to talk about later today. Um, I won't spoil it because apparently I'm 
hitting a bone on that. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm going to tell like, Patrick to have a conversation with you, buddy. <laughs> it, it, it hurts me because I want to have strong opinions on these guys, but like a lot of these guys kind of boil down to, we know what they profile as we know potentially where they're going to go. And we have a good sense of what they're able to do. And there, there isn't a lot that I can say John Dotson does significantly better than anyone else in this class. Like I, I don't think he, he obviously doesn't have the size of someone like London or Burks. Uh, I personally don't think he has like that next level of route running that makes you just irrelevant to whatever your speed is. He doesn't really have that like top end speed. He has decent speed. I, I have no, no argument with his it's like, fine. Yep. yeah, I, he, he was a track uh, star in high school, but I, I have no like real takeaways from Dotson. I legitimately think he's going to be good. I think he's going to be a value in the top end of your second round uh, of your rookie drafts. Um, if he can get there. Uh, but like, I, I really have nothing to like take away from this guy. Like it, it felt like going into this draft process. One of the first takes we always heard was there's a lot of the same guy in this class, uh, a lot of, and it was specifically in the running back position, but there was a little bit of this take at wide receiver. And this was before the combine where some of the guys stood out with their speed, athleticism, but just a lot of the same kind of player. And Jahan Dotson is one of those players who fit into that, that mold, but didn't blow up at the combine or didn't like get these really great hype piece coming out of uh, coming out of scouts, coming out of their coaches, like that nothing crazy came out about him. And because of that, he kind of just fell to the wayside because yeah. all these other players, Olave and Dotson were favored as probably similar prospects coming in. Then Olave ran a four, two, six that went down to a four, three, nine, but like, uh, Dotson just didn't blow up in any of these kind of big parts of the process. So it feels like he kind of just ends at, he ends whatever tier he's in right now at wide receiver. And then the guys that are above him are similar prospects who just perform better in the draft process, I think. So I, I have nothing crazy to think about him. I think there's a legitimate chance he's going to KC or green Bay at the back of the first Mm -hmm which would be awesome. I'd love that, but I like, I, I have no strong takes on him as a player. I think he's probably one of the players that's the most likely to really like he, we have him right now at the, the two Oh three rookie pick. He yeah. gets that first round draft capital. That dude's shooting up into the first round of the rookie draft. And I don't oh, think that's 100%. really like he has the ability to go from this two Oh three spot to an easy one ten just by the Packers calling his name in the first round. And like, I some, think it's, I was going to say, and I think it's a legitimate chance that someone no. just likes Dotson more in your draft. Yeah, and he's going 100%, there already. 100%. I agree. Um, I think that he has a real shot to jump. I think the next receiver we're going to talk about for me, uh, even before the draft. Cause remember we're doing this before we had really any information. We had basic information. These rankings have pretty much all changed for us since, but uh, it was way too much to just shift them last second, but 
I, yeah. I think Dotson has a, a, a real legitimate chance of just shifting this whole thing. Um, Dave in the chat's asking Dotson or David Bell. And I mean, I, I, I feel like I, I'm going to have to record my voice just saying the same thing every time I get a David Bell question because it never changes. Yeah. If David Bell goes round two, then no matter where Dotson goes, I would prefer David Bell. If David Bell goes round three, then I would prefer Jahan Dotson. Okay, yeah, let's uh, say round if round two David Bell lands in a shit situation. Let's say round care. two David Bell Philadelphia or that's, round one Dotson Kansas I'd, City. I'd argue that's a good situation. Yeah, I mean, I would just like at that it's point, not a good like, situation at uh, all. At, at, I, like, I don't really care. I guess I would still prefer Bell because I like the profile more. But like, I mean, I know that there will be a pretty significant ADP gap. So, like in that situation where mm. there's an ADP gap. I'm just not going to make like really egregiously That's bad fair. picks at ADP. Like, yeah. like I just feel like I'll end up with more bell than I will with Dotson just based on how it like shakes out. Um, if, if Dotson gets picked by KC in the end of the first round, I highly doubt I'll be drafting a lot of Jahan Dotson where he'll be going at yeah. ADP. I'll probably just be trading out uh, like trading back, whatever, or I'll be taking other players, but I, it's not like I'll be pressing David Bell at like the one eight. Like I'll probably just be taking like someone else in that scenario. Like I don't know. I, right. I do wanna I do wanna give Jake the credit here because I think he nailed it with one of his comparisons. Is he legitimately feels like Elijah Moore for this year? Like Elijah Moore last year, he was getting some hype, but it felt it, it felt like his um like where he ranked in the draft process, he was kind of just the odd one out. There was this huge tier of really good prospects. And then uh, and Elijah Moore, like he, when he's yeah. in the back of the first, I'll, oh, I'll take Elijah Moore. I, I have no problem. But like, it, it yeah. feels like he's kind of just the odd one out of this like upper tier of like eight guys that we're looking at this wide receiver position. That's so true. yeah, that that's my best take on Jahan Dotson. Do I think he belongs in that tier? A hundred percent. Do I feel comfortable saying I'd take him over anyone else in that tier? No. Okay, that's fair. I again not not too strong of an opinion. We obviously value him kind of mid, right? I would take him over yeah. all of the round two, like projected round two running backs, except for maybe Spiller. And if you don't think Spiller is gonna fall, uh you got you gotta there's a train coming your way because he's gonna fall out of the second yeah. and possibly late into the third round of the rookie draft, but lead at, um, other than drafts. That, no, dude. What? No, no, no. In the NFL rookie draft. Oh, okay. I was like, oh, going in the third round. Of very good draft. chance. Oh, Spiller I... does not make it into the top three rounds come NFL draft day. And you can at me if that. you want to, but I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah. Our, our, consens our consensus rank on Jahan Dotson is putting him at the two Oh three right now. And I think that's perfect. Yeah. Like, like uh, I said, that's... and once, once the DC comes in, this is all going to change. But I just wanted to point out that I think that Dotson has the best chance to move up like five, six spots just on landing spot alone. So I think, yeah, I think he is the biggest mover with landing spot. Uh, look, when we come back, Jacob's going to hit you with some uh, uh, um, some underdog fantasy uh, information, and we're going to get into our next player that billy's not going to ruin so sit tight uh i'll ruin the picks for us when we come back and uh just enjoy the next clip here i think it's a good one if antonio brown was not a head case he would be a top five dynasty receiver last year yeah. when people oh, were talking about oh, how to value antonio easy. brown i was like oh he he looks like the kind of player that's going to have top five seasons kind of in perpetuity and yeah. that we haven't even seen 
any inkling that he's declining. He was possibly the best wide receiver in the NFL last year when he was healthy. He's insane and he got hurt, but he was like literally like incredible. Yeah, like I wouldn't even think twice. He'd be in my consideration in the second round of a dynasty startup. If I knew that he had, we talked about Lockett before, just a man of the people. If he had Tyler Lockett's disposition, he'd be a, he'd be a second round startup pick. Can Antonio like, Brown oh, that's find God? Seriously. <laughs> <laughs> He's been calling God. We just need him to find him. <laughs> oh my God. Man, what a fun show that was uh, with Josh Larkey. At the time, his last day at Player Profiler. Shout out to him for his job at FTN. Just doing a fantastic job with his skills. You can go and check that episode out everywhere else where you get the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. And then when you go and check out that podcast, you can hit subscribe, you can rate, and you can comment, and you can take a picture, and you can send it to us, and you can get yourself into the Saquon Barkley jersey giveaway. Everyone listening to the show should be going and doing that. We're paying for the shipping. We're paying for everything. Just all you got to do, just take that picture and do the shout out. It'll be all I'm gonna enter. Yeah, you should enter. Uh, Jacob, I, I probably you? shouldn't. I know the answer. I know you've been drafting on the best ball <laughs> streets uh, as always. Uh, what do you have coming our way from underdog? Yeah. Like if you're listening to this show, remembering on about draft capital and you're like, why does this even matter? I'm not one of those total psychopaths. My rookie draft is after the NFL draft, like a normal person. Go right now. And what I, uh, we got to fill content somehow. Uh, what I would also say is that you could go on Underdog and you could take advantage of these nuggets. Right? Oh, Jahan Dawson is pretty undervalued because he's probably going to get drafted higher than you think. And he's going to go to a really nice spot. You get to go, how do I take advantage of that? You go on underdog.com, and then you see that Jahan Dotson is being drafted in the 18th round in seasonal leagues. And if Jahan Dotson goes to the Green Bay Packers or the Kansas City Chiefs, he will not be going in the 18th round in seasonal leagues. I promise you that. He'll probably be going in the 8th round in seasonal leagues. And so you can go and do what I did, and you can draft Jahan Dotson shares at really, really great value. The same thing with Christian Watson's shares or someone that we may or may not talk about later, George Pickens shares or Sky Moore shares or any of these guys who are kind of going in the round one, round two, and are really, really cheap on underdog. I think that's the biggest edge right now is drafting the second tier of rookie wide receivers. The guy was a little bit we talked about last week. Guys, we're talking about tonight. Guys, we're talking about next week. And if you want to do that, you can do that with a fancy little deposit match. Tom, tell us the details. If they want free money. Well, look, if you're wondering what all this ADP underdog best ball stuff even is, well, you can get locked in. If you use promo code full tilt when you're signing up for the first time and you deposit $100 or less, underdog is just going to double your money for signing up with us. That's huge for you and us. You help us out and underdog is going to help you out by helping you win some money. Win some money with us. You will get access to private drafts, which we will be hosting throughout the year. When you tune in to Jacob's Saturday or whatever day of the week it's going to end up being this year, weekly DFS show, oh my God, you are going to get the top tier information that you need to capitalize. And you can do all that with Underdog in the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. You're already here listening. You might as well play along with us. So go to Underdog Fantasy. You can download the app. You can go on the website. 
Use promo code full tilt, get your deposit match, and have a great time. Guys, on the board, quite obviously, is number 14. This is Mr. Matt Corral. And I just want to say. Diaz. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, look, I just want to point something out for Matt Corral. I, uh, Jacob put out a tweet quite a while ago asking which player we're going to be over on, and I immediately said Matt Corral. I was on Team Matt Corral, QB1, from the jump in this year's like scouting. Uh, call me what you will. Uh, I love him, and I think part of that is because I think the newer Ole Miss jerseys are so swaggy. <laughs> like They look so good. It's hard not like everything they do is just swaggy in those uniforms, but uh, after watching Corral, I got to say I'm concerned. And I have the same concerns with Corral that I had with Lawrence uh, with his one read. And if it's not mm. there, he's going to try to take off. And I don't think he is athletic enough. Uh, look, he really started to get playing time in 2019 where he played 10 games. Where he had 1,362 yards, 7.7 per attempt, under 60% completion. So not great. Only six touchdowns, but had three interceptions and rushed for 135 yards in 10 games. That's bad. 2020, the COVID season, uh, you know, less less bad. 3,337 yards, 10.2 attempt, much better. Jumped all the way up to, I, I'm, we'll call it 71% completion with his career high 29 touchdowns, but... 14 interceptions, but added on 506 rushing yards. And then last year in 13 games, 3,349 yards, 60, we'll call it 68% completion, 20 passing touchdowns, only five interceptions. Now that's big to me. And he mm. tacked on 614 rushing yards. He has a decent enough 40, ran under a 540, went 4.8. His speed score was 56 percentile. Uh, he, his scouting grade, which is now up on uh, the old player profiler, 64th percentile. Uh, guys, we all know quarterback. I, I say the same thing with quarterbacks. Only one person knows how to scout him, and that's God himself because all of the rest of us were just guessing. So when you're guessing with these quarterbacks, Matt Corral, in my opinion, seems to be – he's not a first-round graded quarterback, uh, but I think someone will reach up and grab him. Even if he gets that first-round draft grade, we obviously have him at 2 Two, uh, in our rankings right now, is there a chance he significantly climbs, or are you just not going to bet on what you see from his talent? I want to start with. Uh, well, again, Jacob looks really ready to get in there, so Jacob. Oh, I don't need to get in there. I, I'm fine. I just uh, like I think two hundred two for me is like a compromise position. Um, okay. Like I, I think that it's unlikely that's where he actually goes. I think if he gets like round one, because I, I don't know if anyone's going to get, I guess there could be trade-ups, right? But there's not really many teams picking in the late half of round one other than the Lions at 32 that you'd think draft a quarterback. I guess the Steelers at 20, but that's a little bit more mid to me. So I think if he goes like mid-round one, he's going higher than the early second round, almost certainly. And I think if he falls to round two or round three, then he's probably not going uh, you know, it, it, this early in the draft. So I think it's a bit of a compromised position. I... I'm a little torn with Matt Corral. I, I struggle to value him. He's definitely the quarterback I've watched the most. Um, honestly, just partially because he was playing on a team that was enjoyable to watch. Like I didn't want to watch Liberty games <laughs> or North Carolina games. Um, so I just happened to like watch a lot of Ole Miss. I'm not a quarterback scout whatsoever. Um, 
but I, I do have some, some things throughout, like he profiles well, um, numerically, especially his last two years. I mean, really only him and Howell are the guys that actually have plus efficiency passing seasons on the record, uh, prior to their final season, like Pickett had. So I like that with Corral. Here's something I really don't like with Corral. Um, Tom touched on it and, and, uh, and Lucas is talking about in the chat. It is one read. Like I have, he's 23 years old. I'm not sure he's ever read a defense. It's not really his fault. Like everything in that Kiffin system is totally pre-read because it's just RPO, 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 RPO. But I still don't know if he can do it in an NFL level. He has never played I, in that pro style scheme. I think, um, I think uh, one of our, one of our guests that we had on in that unbelievable stretch said that he ran like, I think it was like a 60% RPO rate yeah. at Ole Miss. Like that's it's really terrifying. High. And here's, here's where it gets more terrifying. If you want to be more terrified. So his adjusted yards per attempt on third and long. So third and seven or more when you can't feasibly run an RPO was 3.1. Um, just for, for, um, that's for not comparison, great. Howell and Pickett and Willis were up over nine in those same yeah. situations. Um, Ritter was at 3.9 in the same situation. Howell's was higher, but Howell also just like took a million sacks on third and long. So <laughs> kind of a, a similar, it's like a cross off. So basically my issue with we'll Corral is we haven't deal. seen him had to read a defense. And then like the closest we can get to isolating his play outside of the RPOs, he was really not good. And, and we saw him towards the end of the year, games against Auburn, games against Alabama, playing against better defenses that were able to stop the running game, that were able to take Ole Miss out of their system where they're just going blitzkrieg down the field, super fast, RPOs. Like, he just couldn't create on his own. And he, I, he wasn't getting through reads. He was forcing balls. He was scrambling. Um, he was throwing into a guy's feet. It, so I, I just don't know that I see like an NFL ready player with Corral. I do think he has the tools, but it's just hard for me when he's already 23. He's not like he's athletic, but he's not like a Malik Willis level athlete. Um, and then I'm like, man, like now I got to teach you how to read a defense. It's just hard. Yeah, no, I, I agree with pretty much everything that's said. Um, I don't pretend to know how to sc scout quarterbacks. I don't pretend that in the slightest. One thing I've harped on a lot the last couple of weeks and I've harped on since I got into fantasy is I always like to hear when it comes to quarterbacks, what NFL uh, scouts, what NFL coaches, what I always hear out of like these big events like the combine pro day, whatever. And um, I, I want to give a shout out to a very good article that came out. Hmm. I believe it was yesterday, but it may have come out uh, in the last couple days. Uh, Bruce Feldman does a mock draft every year and he does it based on what he's hearing about players, how like teams in the league are talking about how high these players deserve to go. And like, there, there were a couple surprises this year. One of the biggest surprises was Devin Lloyd uh, jumped into the mm. top five, which I thought was really interesting. One of the, one of the biggest takeaways I took away from that whole article was what they talked about uh, Matt Corral, which mm. when, when the combine hit, we didn't hear a whole lot about Corral. We heard a lot about Ritter. He's a natural born leader. He looks like this pro ready uh, quarterback, yada, 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 whatever. Matt Corral, one of the most damning things I've ever heard in a single sports article was I don't think, and I'm paraphrasing this, y'all can go look at this article to get the exact quote, 
But um, something, something, something. I don't think he's ready to lead men with families. Mm. I've never heard something. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> that is so, a, this is this oh is bizarre. So that was this uh, quick tangent. That was the second meanest thing uh, in that article. The first meanest thing was a uh, one coach said that George Karloftis looked like a bitch on tape, like flat oh my out. God. So, uh, I, I really like this article. Can we get it's that really guy cool. on. I would can, love can we address, to hear from. Can we address this sort of elephant in the room with Corral though? Like, because that's so he's he's been pretty honest about his battles um, with substance abuse. He's talked about yes. that. Uh, like he um, he was a guy who was expelled from his high school, ironically for for fighting Wayne Gretzky's kid and knocking him out, uh, which is pretty crazy. Um, I didn't know it was Wayne Gretzky's kid. I knew he got yeah. expelled. That makes sense. Yeah. To me um so like he's he's had some and he's talked about some of his demons some of his anger and stuff that he's worked through like personally like i like that like uh you know i don't yeah. like that he went through struggles obviously i prefer that everybody just had like a lovely perfect life but like how i think like a rookie coming in like i want i kind of like the idea of someone who's been through adversity obviously you got to talk to the kid see where he's at now see what his perspective is i've never talked to him i have no idea where he's at in his journey but it certainly like for some people out there in the world, uh, maybe they look at a story like that. They're like, keep him away from the good Christian home. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, one of the, no. One, I, of the things, one of the things with that is what worries me with a player like Corral and someone who has gone through ups and downs uh, beyond belief uh, myself is you need a support system when you're that person. Hmm. And now you're walking into probably one of the harshest environments one of the harshest jobs mm -hmm. with the harshest critics and you need a support system. My biggest concern is Carolina goes, we love Matt Corral and what he can do for us. And his support system is Sam Darnold and, and Matt rule. And then they fire rule. And now he has a new coach and he gets a new offensive coordinator the next year. And I think he's sunk. I think that that is for any rookie quarterback coming in important, but for a player like that, been through all of that. Uh, I think it's, a little bit more important uh, in my opinion. And I'm very concerned that whatever teams drafts corral does not have the stability unless he like, if he goes to Pittsburgh, I think he's going to flourish when it comes to that kind of environment because Tomlin is an OG when it comes to leading. So I, I think that's great. I just want to point out uh, one thing that also concerns me about corral. What? Okay. I, I want to come back to my point when we get a chance. Sorry. Was that kind of got derailed by Oh, no. Okay. What was your point? No, I, I was just going to say, like, a, a lot of teams, what you hear coming out about these players is a lot of just what coaches think about them. And re regardless of what, what was just said, which I agree wholeheartedly, it's a great thing that he's candid about that stuff. I think that's really important. Um a lot of teams in the NFL don't view him as a leader, which always worries me in terms of his draft. So looking at it purely from that standpoint, like it, that always worries me when it comes to like QBs coming into the NFL. Yeah. 100%. Um, right. I, I just want to point, it's all good. I just want to point out that his off. season, when you look at it was not like, if you look at his 2020 season, it was 2021. The development wasn't there for me. If you look at his game against Louisville, it was a it was a good game, 
right? 381 yards, one touchdown. Then he goes and plays Austin Pay, who doesn't even have – I can't even click on their school. Uh, doesn't let me. Obviously, five touchdowns, 281 yards. Good for you, buddy. And then Tulane. He had seven touchdowns in this game, four in the four on the ground, three in the air. Love hey, to Tulane see that. Tulane was good last year. Would Yeah, but it's still Tulane. Uh, and then in, against Bama, he got, you got know. Killed. His stats look better than he pushed. Yeah. That and game was then ugly. There's Arkansas, Tennessee, he was awful. No, uh, dude, look at the completion. Okay, the Tennessee game was – I'm a Tennessee fan, so I watched every snap of that game. He had to play without his three starting receivers in that game and just without two O-linemen. And oh, they were like, okay. Matt, you have no one on your team. Look at his rushing totals, dude. 30 for 195. Yeah, I was gonna. I was gonna. <laughs> that touch was on the that. wildest performance. So that's what I fell in love with him as like a person because he was just like, oh, I have no teammates today, and <laughs> like Lane Kiffin is getting shit thrown at him from, and Matt Corral was like, I will run thirty times, and he like twist, like limped back onto the field, four first downs. It was ball. No, I I agree with that, but you, you like Texas A and M, Vanderbilt. Miss- hmm. This schedule is not like fear inducing. Yeah. Uh, for a quarterback, and I don't think he really took advantage of it. So that's kind of the last thing I want to say with Corral. I obviously think their jerseys are swaggy. I think he's swaggy, but uh, I think that I'm now comfortable saying that I don't really want to have him in the top 12 of my rookie drafts. I just think I'm there. I I got one final point, then I'll move on from Corral. Uh, Whether whether you look at him as will be a legitimate NFL player or not, um, I think there is something that should be noted. It's of the top five uh, quarterbacks in this draft. He had far and away the worst supporting cast at wide receiver. Fair, like by by a margin. I think. Okay, like, it, that's that's wide fair. Was bad but, this year. An elite yeah, college quarterback. Drama. I just think that elite college quarterback should do something to like really elevate those guys. And he didn't, and in that he really didn't elevate himself above some of these guys, and that's concerning. Drummond, really good call. Like he's a million years old, so he's not a guy we talk about in the NFL. I think he's twenty. Ontario Drummond, I think, was a pretty legitimate college wide receiver. He had Elijah Moore in his junior year, which was a year as a passer, uh, and obviously that's a big win. But yeah, I mean, we'll talk about these other quarterbacks, like for sure, like. Ritter has a guy going day two in this draft. Kenny Pickett has, you know, one probably a first rounder in one, next year's draft. We'll get into that. I think Ritter goes day one. Oh no, like, I meant just... I meant his receiver, like Alec. Pierce. Oh 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 yeah, Alec. And then, then he has Alec. Pierce day two this draft, yeah. Um, okay. like in terms of his weapons, no Ritter could go day one, but we'll talk cool. about him soon. Look, we're gonna come back with our thirteenth uh, uh, player and try to get through that one a little quicker so we can hit our time. Uh, today, so sit tight. Here is another clip uh, from one of our previous shows. Hopefully, this one works as well. I think David Bell deserves to move into that upper echelon or like that second tier of wide receivers. Like when we start looking at Pickens, when we start looking at some of the other guys in this class who aren't in that like guaranteed, we know they're going first round guys. I think David Bell should be there. His production is insane at Purdue. I mean, he outproduced Rondale Moore in terms of like his years there. Mm. He has the frame wow. of a player who actually works in in that like in the NFL sense. 
like he everything breaks well for David Bell. The only thing I did wrong was overcorrect on his 40 time. And I am using this as a teachable moment before I go back and say, currently right now, if I was drafting, I think I would take David Bell over, let me do the math real quick, three of the wide receivers that we are yet to talk about. Okay. Man, we're like, man, that was such a fun show last week. Look, number 13, Sky Moore. Uh, Billy's putting his hands up. Too low. Uh, Too I want. I, I think I wanted. I think I had him higher. Billy, what's up? Why are you pointing at yourself? Oh no, I was saying lead off with me on this one because I okay. just want to hand it to Jacob. Fair, that's totally fair. Look, Sky Moore <laughs> is a player that I think for the majority, most of us really like. I think that he is quite possibly my favorite prospect uh, this year. Ooh, yeah, Tom, uh, you had him at nine. You were the high. So yeah, he he is Tom my favorite. Lee who who was the true enemy of progress. Oh yeah, well he can you know. Tom Lee had him down at seventeen. He's been he killed our McVibe too, so it's it's not surprising. But 195, 21 years old, will be twenty two when the season kicks off. But four four one speed at, at, at the dash, that's great. Agility score was very woeful, not great. His burst score, 50th percentile. Speed score, 67th percentile. Straight line speed, though, pretty, pretty good. Production, well, he's got that, too. In 2019, at 19 years old, when he first got onto the field for Western Michigan, he had 51 receptions for 802 yards and three touchdowns. I'd say pretty fucking good. Uh, 2020, in that odd season, in five games, 25 receptions for 388 yards. That's uh, 15.5 yards per pretty good and had three three touchdowns 21 years old in 12 games 94 receptions on 135 targets 1283 yards a 36.68 target share and double digit touchdowns with 10 and you're missing the most important he's, he's fantasy clutch he scored four touchdowns in the college fantasy finals well, that's super important to NFL scouts as well, and mostly our hearts. I tried. I know too low. I tried. I tried to boost him yeah, up there. I just want to say, uh, just because his name is Moore, it's not why I love him, but <laughs> if, like, the way he plays does remind me of one. Uh, Rondale Moore. DJ Moore, <laughs> more than Rondell, but he he does he does remind me like size everything with Lance Moore, just not oh my god please no <laughs> him of the second best Moore in the league never never ever uh, reference him to that man again uh, I I actually want to like him Billy you wanted to start us off start us off here on Sky yeah Jacob's gonna have a lot more takes on this guy and I'm gonna agree with a good amount of them. Uh, so I, I'm going to let him relay what the bulk of what I'm going to say. I'm just going to talk because I feel like I need to talk on everyone. Uh, <laughs> Sky, Sky Moore is a good prospect, decent size speed. He is the archetype of where I think the NFL is going. If there's one guy that's going to get drafted in the back of the first round that I think has the legitimate chance of being like the next wide receiver in the league, I think it's might be sky more. Um, I mean, the only reason he was this low for me 
was, I mean, just Western Michigan. And I mean, even like Western Michigan produces a decent amount of good uh, players too. So that probably just shouldn't be an argument and it probably shouldn't be an argument regardless, but besides the point, uh, just there's a lot of good things going for Sky Moore. He's still young. He had a great, uh, he produced so much of the offense for Western Michigan this year. I think he's just a man amongst boys for where, where he's playing right now. Northern Illinois is a, <laughs> who even knows? But besides that, I'm just going to turn this over to Jacob. Tom, you don't have to bounce it back to me. We're, we can just move on to my guy <laughs> after this one. So go ahead. Sure. Yeah, I'll be, much, I'll be much shorter for other wide receiver, um, even though he's much taller. Uh, so much I will, taller. Uh, I'll talk about Sky Billy hit on the biggest question that people have whenever they ask me about Sky Moore, which is like, what do we do with all this production of Western Michigan? And I think that's a very logical question to ask because intuitively you look at his chart and you go, oh my gosh, like, like if we just look at the yards per team pass attempt charts that keeps flashing, like he has the best one in the entire class. Like it's not even close. Um, but that's like in a total vacuum, right? That chart does not know that he played at Western Michigan. And so you go, what the hell are we supposed to do with this? And you look at, you know, the, the early round picks from these smaller schools over the last while, and certainly some good ones within there, but overall they've been pretty disappointing. Here are, here's every player drafted round one, two, or three, and more looks like a lock to be drafted in one of those three rounds, probably round two in the last nine years, Corey Davis, Devontae Adams, Cortland Sutton, Dwayne Eskridge, Traquan Smith, Deontay Johnson, Aaron Dobson, T.Y. Hilton, Taewon Taylor, Zay Jones, Carlos Henderson, Rashad Perryman, Kenny Galladay, and Anthony Miller. Um, and, you know, you can hear all sorts of names in there. Carlos Henderson. Yeah, Car- <laughs> three to the day. Um, no, I know. I was doing so- like a- Go ahead. Fuck it. Fuck so it. anyway, then, so then, then if you like reduce it further. Now, what do we know about wide receivers, right? We talked about with Dotson, like the late declare. I don't like the late declare. It's not because they harm me personally, but because their hit rate is usually a little bit worse. <laughs> and most of these, like almost all of these group of five wide receivers are late declares. And it makes sense because it's really hard to get on the NFL's radar as a junior from some rando school um, that nobody ever watches or cares about. And so... The only ones of this entire sand early were Deontay Johnson, Cortland Sutton, Rashad Perriman, Sky Moore, Devontae Adams. And both Perriman and Sutton um, were actually four-year early declares, so they had a redshirt season. The only two three-year players who were early declares were, of course, Sky Moore and Devontae Adams, which means that it's a one-for-one perfect comp. Sky Moore is obviously going to be exactly Devontae Adams. 100%. There's no doubt about it. Um, so obviously I'm joking about that, but like it's it's those two and Deontay Johnson that, that are the only two that were three uh, or four-year player two, uh, but an early declare. Anyway, so point is, what, what does all this mean? Is he actually Devontae Adams? No, I mean, the sample size is ludicrously low, but I guess <laughs> what I would say is, declare status and a lot of these late production senior declare players who have not been good is kind of a confounding variable in the idea that group of five wide receivers are bad bets because the vast majority of these group of five players who bust look like players who bust that come from power five they don't produce until late 
and then they declare late and then they get drafted too early because they're being drafted off of 23 year old, 22 year old stats against 19 year olds. And it's even a little bit more sketchy in a group of five because they're usually playing against 19 year olds who also will never play in the NFL any day, anytime soon. And so you look at the guys in this class, like we're not going to be talking about any more G5 players, but the guys in this class from the group of five, here's the, the chart. It's Moore, Shakir, Dobbs, Calvin Austin, Tolbert, Pierce, and then yes, but it's kind of the same idea. Like most of these guys, like Pierce, he just didn't produce at all. But Calvin Austin, Romeo Dobbs, Jalen Tolbert, like these look like typical group of five players who get drafted too early and bust. The guys who don't produce until later and then yeah. produce a lot and then get drafted early and don't usually do it in the NFL. Watson kind of looks the same. And then Shakir, yeah. he's interesting. Like he looks more like that kind of tweener tier. Guys like Gallup, Sutton, Hilton, guys, uh, Corey Davis that are four-year players that have been consistently productive. Not elite, but Sky Moore is just a rare breed. And so to me, based on all this, I just think it's so rare and so difficult that a group of five wide receiver ever actually is an early declare that's drafted early with this kind of production, that that's such an outlier in and of itself that I just don't care about his group of five status. I think he's a, I think he's a really good prospect. He's my number five wide receiver in the class. I've actually moved him up further after doing this deep dive into a group of five wide receivers. And I, I think I would take him as early at this point as potentially the 108 in Superflex drafts. Yeah, man, I, I love him that much too. And I was trying to get him there. Uh, I, he's, he's a player that if you, if you play him in the slot, you're getting a, an outstanding weapon. He can catch it away from his body, which is, which is a big deal for me over the shoulder in traffic. But I understand the competition like you were hitting on is not what we want to see for an elite player, but he does everything. Well, he can play in the screen game. He can block in the screen game. I just think that you put him in the slot in the NFL and he's going to be a absolute problem. And slot receivers are becoming more and more fantasy viable as the league changes. Three wide receiver sets, he's a banger at, at that spot. So I, I love him. I like him. I, I try. I I tried to get him up higher on the old uh, eighty. Blame Tom there. Lee. If Tom, Tom Lee's Lee, watching, then... you are the enemy here. Everybody well, else ranked him. Who did he rank high? <laughs> a bunch of quarterbacks, a bunch of all the quarterbacks, all the all the running backs. That's yeah, that's what he's he a, he is robust. Yeah, that, that, okay, he's it's, also it's time to robust. It's, it's time to players. to roast robust Tom over here. Here's got here's some guys that he ranked above Sky Moore. Whoa, 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 Saquon, Saquon, take it easy. What? What? Were Were you about to list off like the guys we haven't talked about yet? Well, no, I was going to make fun of him for the shitty players he ranked about Sky Moore, not the good ones. <laughs> okay. Well, he's out here. You it, got, we got it's Tom. It's Tom Lee's ranking, not consensus. Yeah. Say, come on, Billy. All right. All right. All right fine. We've got fine. All, all, all the quarterbacks. <laughs> we've got, we've got Jaggies Amir White. Yeah. That we, got all these, we got all these buttons. I, I thought I was going to be the highest person on Zamir White. Having him up there is. We gotta yeah. get. We're gonna gotta get Tom Lee on now that we before the draft to, de- to defend his defend his drafts here. This is <laughs> this is unreal. All right, guys. So this Tom, player, Tom Lee, by Tom's... the way, Matt Corral got on the show because of Tom Lee. Tom Lee had Matt Corral at number three overall. Yeah, that was a. That was a... Yeah, we're gonna see. We're gonna see though. Maybe he'll go hot. Um. Look, the next player popping up here on your screen right away is a player that caused a little bit of. Uh, a tussle in the full tilt dynasty podcast slack channel 
because our own uh, Lucas or the cute hurts uh, apparently absolutely detests George Pickens every uh, look he's talking in the chat right now every bit of his being Pickens stuffed Lucas in a locker yeah I don't know what he did to you but dude he's not a bad player and we highly are... questionable for a UT fan to be shitting on a Georgia player. Like you just know there's bias here. Oh, there's a hundred percent bias here. Let let let's get into George Pickens, the the Georgia product who does have injury concern, which we will talk about. 65. That's pretty good. Ran a four four seven on a bad on bad you know bad equipment, but he played in f- only four games last year. For 100, he had five receptions, 107 yards, no touchdowns. And 2020, he had uh, in eight games, 36 receptions for 513 yards. That's not bad. Uh, with an 18% target share, that's bad. With six receiving touchdowns at 19, though, when he was healthy and playing for Georgia in 12 games, when he got on the field, he had 69 receptions for 727 yards. That's almost 15 per. He had a, a 15% target share, an 80% catch rate, and eight friggin' touchdowns as a 19-year-old in the league. That's pretty good. His breakout, it, it he got in there with the breakout age. And I know, Jacob, you like the little breakout age. Loves, at 18.5, percentile. If this man just could have stayed healthy, we were mm-hmm. talking, we're, we're gonna, we would end up talking about a player who's likely in the top three. Uh, wide receivers in the class and I, I wouldn't even think that it was close all the man had to do was stay healthy he just couldn't do it so uh billy you're strong opinioned on mr pickens uh what do you have for everybody enlighten us all yeah you made you made all my best points for me yeah there we go like pickens is i i was talking earlier that there was a a lot of guys in the class this class that felt like the same guy Pickens is not that same guy compared to a lot of these other guys in this class. He's one of the few ones that can ride the big roller coasters at the at, at the, <laughs> the amusement park. He's one of the few that are pushing Bondale. 200 pounds. He has fucking like I, I can't think of a big bird. I ran out an albatross. Arms, albatross wingspan. The the dude has monstrous arms. Fucking and he he profile we were in the situation to say he was the 2022 wide receiver one when he was 18 playing at georgia and then he goes out tears his acl damn it wasn't great damn that hurts but like everything about pickens was just screaming this guy was going to be the guy for this year and it sucks Mm -hmm. it really sucks that he tore his acl we, we can't really do anything about that. But the ACL isn't really an injury anymore. I mean, it's an injury, but there's yeah, I was going to say, uh, my knee is... Uh, there, there was times... You're just going to do another yeah. episode. <laughs> yeah. There, there was times uh, just a couple of years ago where dudes were tearing yeah, their ACL. To, please? And, yeah, and that was just the, the end of their career. But that... That's not what the that's not what modern medicine is. Like ACLs are healing in like six months now, and I I don't I don't really think Lucas. I don't he, agree. He with isn't that the day. same guy. He's worse. But why? He looked just fine at the combine. Like he looked fine. Like, he's he's like he's, he's 
everything about George Pickens, what we saw in his testing, what we saw in his play, I don't think he's really lost anything. He doesn't look like he's lost a step. When you watched him play at uh, some of the some of the few games he was able to play after his ACL, I mean, you you want to quote low prediction or production? I think that's fine. You you could say, well, he only had one reception or two receptions in these games. Lucas can get in the chat all he wants and try and defend this, but I mean, it's like you can say that all you want, but if you go look at Tate, he's not like doesn't look like he lost that step on his route running anything. George Pickens, I legitimately think that this is my hot take for the year. You can get ready. George Pickens, I think, is the best value in this rookie draft right now. I, I think there's a legitimate chance that he is one of the top three best fantasy producers coming out of this draft in five years. Like, I, I think there's every chance of that. And we're drafting him. I mean, Pickens right now in our mock that we're doing is what, the 201? Is that where his consensus no, he's up mock at the, out he's, he's at the 112, 112. What, 112, 112. Yeah. That's fine. I think that's high compared to where the bulk people are going to be taking that. I'll admit he's probably up there because of me. I, I'll <laughs> gladly take that. I was easiest, I was easily the highest on Pickens. That's fine. But I, I think there's every chance that he outplays that. If he's getting drafted at the 205 right now, I would take Pickens in a heartbeat. Oh, and real like like he he is one of like my dream players to go to Green Bay this year because he's one of the guys who profiles as that like alpha alpha wide receiver who can be ultra productive at the next level, especially if he gets a sexy target share from being the only target for Aaron Rodgers. I'll rest I, my case here. I can go on about why Pickens I think is undervalued. A couple of things I want to highlight here is he clearly can win down the field. You've seen the clip of the Alabama uh, double team win downfield. And then he can also win, win in the end zone with a horrific quarterback. Uh, I'm just going to run it, uh, run it back just a quick second. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hang on. Lucas, I don't love MVS. He's just a statistical outlier in a lot of things. Right here. Broke his ankles. Two people. Shit throw. With his hands. Um... Okay, I don't know. Why I got it. I got it. I got it. I got it. Lunatics. <laughs> I got um, it. Go, go, go. <laughs> in our in our chat right now, but I will Just say don't talk about it. Just go. Boyd, what up, man? Happy to happy to have you around. Um have you Boyd. Pickens can win downfield, he can win in traffic, he's fast enough to get away. Uh it's just uh, injuries for me. And his breakout age was fantastic. Everything else tested well. So Jacob, tear him down. So I am like kind of in the middle on um, I, I feel like the fantasy community collectively since the end of the college football season has like really had a rising tide on Pickens. And I've kind of went from being like, oh, George Pickens seems like a fun upside bet to being like, mm, I don't know if I'm so high on George Pickens. And I don't know that my <laughs> opinions all that change. It just really feels like people have been pushing him up more. Um, here's like my question for the fantasy community. Um, what what percentage of the fantasy community do you think thinks George Pickens tore his ACL after his freshman season? Like, I think <laughs> it's a high percentage because I keep seeing this narrative that he was elite as a freshman, was the wide receiver one in 2022, and then he tore his ACL and everything went bad. Like, 
No, he just played healthy and was bad in the second year. That happened. He his his yards per team pass attempt went down. His target share went down. He had already dropped in value, and then the hope was he would have a bounce back year in third year um, to solve for that, and and then he would end up probably being a really really strong prospect. He had the great freshman start. He was a great recruit, etc. Also, really young prospect. I think he's the youngest of these top wide receiver prospects. And then, of course, he has a torn ACL, so that never happens. So basically what we're left with is we're left with a really strong first year and not very strong, not terrible, but not very strong. And then just a non-existent third year, basically, that was washed out by injury. And my concern is the first year was good, but it was high variance. Like he had an 18% target share and a low volume passing offense. And so with that, like he was very efficient converting downfield plays, which is a good thing. It's just not that much to take to the bank. There just wasn't a lot of passing on Georgia. That was not a high volume role. It was a lot of downfield bird of them at a high rate. With that small of a sample, basically the whole theory of George Pickens being this wide receiver one transcendent prospect after year one that was robbed after that is based on a pretty ample of deep targets that he was able to convert. And his prospect would look a lot worse if, you know, the quarterback went the other way on three of them. He dropped one or two of them. The back broke one or two more up. He drew a different corner. They called an offside. Like, it's just a little bit sketchy to me that I think we're walking a bit of a tightrope with Pickens. I do like Pickens. I think he's interesting. I think he has a lot of upside because the same way that I just said, like, it could have looked a lot worse. It also could have looked a lot better because there's so much we don't know about Pickens. To me, he's kind of a black box prospect. Um, I'm more sure that Sky Moore is good. I'm more sure that Olave is good. I'm probably a little bit more certain even that Dotson is good, even if I think that Pickens' ceiling is much higher. Um, so I think when people were ranking Pickens like outside of their top 10 wide receivers, when he was still not on the football field, people didn't know if he was going to declare I was really excited to be taking a lot of them. At this point, I'm not sure I'll be taking a lot of them outside of maybe some really strong teams where I want to shoot for the moon and have some fun with it. Because I do think I totally agree with what you guys are saying about his upside. I just think that somewhat lost in this narrative about his injury is that he actually had a bad year that wasn't injury related in that second year. It yeah. was below the threshold. Yeah. He didn't earn targets at a high rate. He doesn't have a season with a 20% target share. He doesn't have a season command target volume. Um, and concern to me. So I like Pickens. I probably won't be drafting him as highly early or Tom R, which means I probably won't be drafting him that much in our leagues, but it would not surprise me if he hit, I think he's a really fun. The thing, the thing, um, the thing for me, when it comes to drafting him as much as we are, I am only drafting him if the draft capital hits. That's the thing. He's not hmm. a player that like, well, I think the draft capital is hitting. I think it's hitting. He's going early if, to late one. Right, but if the NFL looks at him and goes, nah, bro, then that's, to me, he's not one of those players that like, the NFL's wrong on this one. If they look at what happened to him and they go, this isn't it, then sure, I will happily renounce all statements I made in the positive. He's not someone, uh, I like Pickens where we have him in this consensus rank, but he's not a player I am holding on to emotionally at this spot. It's not like he's going to be at this spot no matter what, no matter what happens in the draft. I think... I think it's definitely going to get to him. Anything else on picks before we take off here? Nope. Nope. All right. Well, we, we, Round we, out we, today. 
we're we're gonna we're gonna be we're gonna be close here. We got one more clip when we come back. We have the next um the next player up on our list this is number eleven, the player that to me feels the most gross to have this high, but this is uh, assumed uh draft capital, I believe, at this point, because oh my gosh, uh he, he it 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 feels a little bit gross. So here's a here's a clip. Hopefully it plays correctly. I'm just gonna keep saying that because it's been working for us and it's been holding it together. So hopefully this plays through correctly when and when we come back, we got number eleven on deck. To do in this entire 2020 year was figure out how fast a 40 time he could run and then eat as many, eat as much protein as possible to pack onto his five, eight frame so that he could come in at 201 pounds. So that is the best we're going to get out of Kenny Gainwell. He played at, I believe 190 pounds in college, 201. Absolutely insane. When you go back and look at how the show looked and functioned back at the, back then, to now i i every time i go back and look at it now and lucas is out there clipping our uh, uh our last year's draft show for us uh because it is four hours so shout out to him for being able to do that for us to get to get you some of these but just again can't say enough about where we've where we've come all right baby hands himself look at his hands around that football <laughs> Right, it's not. There's not good surface coverage. Uh, yeah, one hundred percent. Wait, are, are we doing? Uh, Pickett's the one on the show. Yes. Oh wait, we ranked. We ranked Desmond Ritter. Is that consensus? Yes. 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 Wow. That was me. I was. That was yeah. me. I knew this was the case, but I guess I forgot. Yeah, Ritter. <laughs> Ritter. Ritter, about Ritter. <laughs> Ritter. To oh my god, Ritter to me. Uh, <laughs> boosted himself after his 40 time that's all i needed but we'll talk as you can see the the, uh the the coverage of the football by the hands is not outstanding it might hold him back but it does look like (laughs) he he is going to get uh the draft capital so let's let's get into a little bit with kenny pickett here okay so kenny pickett uh the man himself give me one second i'm gonna find it i had it i had it pulled up here here we go uh the man is old the man is Old will be 24, uh, well into his 24, his age 24 season as a rookie. Alarming. Last year, blow up year, 4,319 yards, 42 passing touchdowns with seven interceptions completed, 67% of his throws. Before that, his best season was in 2019, where he had 3,098 yards with 13 touchdowns and nine interceptions. 2020 in the COVID year and nine games, 2,408 yards, 13 touchdowns and nine picks. The man never had more than 13 touchdowns in his 27 years of college football up until last year where he threw 42 this is alarming. This is the Joe Burrow uh, college football breakout season while also looking unspectacular uh, when you look at it in that lens. Uh, you see the throw uh, on the video right there. There are some horrific interceptions thrown. There's another one. Thank you. Uh, it's just he, he makes piss poor decisions on a regular basis, and I don't know if he just – I, I don't know what it is about him. I don't know why. I see nothing about Pickett that excites me as as a as a football fan to watch him, to think that he can step on the field and do really well. Uh, the man wears two gloves at times. We've seen another quarterback, Uh-oh. Teddy Teddy, two gloves. 
uh, playing the NFL. It's, it hasn't worked out for him because he's awful. Uh, I I don't know. There's there's nothing to to pick it for me. I don't know why he's this high on our list, honestly. Outside of I don't know, impossibly draft going capital. in the top ten. Yeah, it's exactly what it is. But even with his draft capital, I don't think I want to be anywhere near him. Uh, what say you guys, Jacob? I'll let you go on this one. Sure. I mean, I don't disagree that much with Tom. They have ended up, I, I, I don't know if I'm the highest on Pickett. I think I'm close to it, if not, which is like gross because I, I don't think. Uh, in terms of my back ranking, Pickett is my QB6 in this class. Like, I, I really just like his profile. A lot of questionable profiles. We talked about Howell, his propensity. We talked about Corral, my issues with uh, his defense. Uh, we talked about. Uh, well, we're going to talk about issues with the other quarterbacks too. Carson Strong, of course, who is a piece of siege weaponry from the medieval era, didn't make our list. With a can. Um, yes. Uh, am I still cutting out? I'm getting stuff in the private chat. No, you're much better now. Just you're, yeah. Every right. oh, okay. Things are good out. now. Things are good now. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that's that's fine because all of the stuff I was talking about was my real life quarterback rankings, and I'm glad that that cut out because I don't think that they matter that much. <laughs> um, because I, I think that like history has shown that we just suck at evaluating quarterbacks, like majorly suck. Uh, you know, it was just last year it was supposed to be a generational quarterback class, obviously, but pretty much outside of Mac Jones, who was most people's QB five, um, the quarterbacks either played like. Um, you know, the year before, uh, Justin going like significantly later than Burrow and Tua Pro looks phenomenal as well, but Herbert looked in that class, uh, clearly a cut above Tua. the 2018 quarterback class, right? I mean, Josh Allen was seen as like a laughably bad pick. Uh, and obviously he's actually the dynasty 101 overall. Should we expect events individually to happen? No, I, I definitely don't think so. I, I think that the like prospect narrative is tires. But the point is, back is just a high variance position. The NFL doesn't get it right particularly often among players. It doesn't seem like film get particularly often. Analytics get it right particularly often. But the Baker. one thing we do know is that quarterbacks, if they hit, Extremely, extremely valuable in Superflex. And we know the quarterbacks who get drafted earlier are, are usually a pretty good three plus years, over 75% of them do. And so I don't love Kenny Pickett. The reason I dislike him, he profiles like a bust in a very traditional way. Like we often see this profile of quarterback get drafted early. It's like the pro quarterback, the tools experience but he didn't ever have efficiency until his last year uh when he was old <laughs> against weaker competition like i i just don't like the style of quarterback but again like um stranger things have happened if he gets drafted early that has value in a super flex league even if he's not that great because he'll be starting years and we could be super super wrong so i wouldn't be letting Pickett fall all the way to the 111 in my rookie drafts, assuming he's drafted in the top half of the first round. I'll hold my nose and probably take <laughs> him in like the 1819 room. That's unfortunately what he deserves. Yeah. Um, 
I think when watch if you're if you're watching the episode on YouTube or Twitter, I highly suggest doing so. Uh, for these episodes, Kenny Pickett throws some of the most egregious interceptions and misthrows that I've seen in this class. They are laughably bad and into the belly of the defenders uh, more times than they should be. But as again, as you would have just seen, he can escape. I know I made fun of him in the Slack channel last night, putting his escapability out of the negative four. Uh, I don't think he, he has NFL escapability, but in college, I he kind of did it well enough. Uh, would you say that he's sneaky athletic? Uh, I wouldn't even call him that. Um, I don't think he even meets that standard. Uh, Billy, do you have strong, strong Kenny Pickett opinions? Yeah, I I legitimately thought I was going to be the highest on Pickett. I was surprised it was going to be Jacob, or I was surprised it was Jacob and Lucas, um, specifically Jacob, but I understand what he just said pretty well. The hand argument is dumb. I'll move on. Uh, <laughs> like, it matters because he has so many fumbles. No, I, I really don't think fumbles. it matters. Even I, Dante Culpepper had bigger hands than him, and Culpepper was the fumble god at quarterback. I, I really don't think it matters. Like the <laughs> the enough. reason we don't hear about eight and a half inch hands in the NFL is players with them usually aren't good enough to get this far. Kenny Pickett is obviously Wait, good enough. I wonder if that argument could work for a five foot eight wide receiver. Or a five foot five wide receiver. <laughs> anyway, all that besides the point. I I think Kenny Pickett is just fine. I, I legitimately I think if he goes to a team with a semi decent wide receiving core, I see no reason he isn't producing like regular numbers throughout the bulk of his career. Like I I see no huge like issue comparing Kenny Pickett to a bunch of like the the high-end QB2s in the league. Like, if if Kenny Pickett went out and had a career like Ryan Tannehill, or, I, I don't think anyone would really be surprised. Like, I, 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 I really don't think he's that far off. He has shown to, you can see it a lot on his film, not here because Tom intentionally pulled out the worst Look video Look at that. of Kenny Pickett he could. <laughs> Anyway, Tom picked so, the one really cool throw. He did get the one. But Tom didn't even yeah. include the fake slide, and I think that's sacrilegious. Yeah, it's absolutely ridiculous to not include the fake slide, but that's besides the point. Like, it, Kenny, Kenny Pickett has shown a lot of tendencies to be able to sense pressure. You could see it a lot in his tape. You could see it a lot. Yeah, Tom, you picked the clip. You know what's it's coming. It's, it's not interesting. It is if I brought out an entire list of 30 clips, Patrick Mahomes missing throws, right. I can't immediately go, yeah, like, this dude fucking sucks. What I'm I, I can't wait for this moment to be on the episode next week on the last oh week my on God. That's Besides no, the point, look, Kenny Pickett legitimately has Lock. some Kenny of the capabilities Pickett. of testing as a good quarterback in the league. And a lot of league sources expect him. There, there's rumors of him being the likely pick at six to the Panthers, which would be fucking hilarious. Every single Sunday, listening to Tom bitch and moan about Kenny Pickett missing DJ Moore. That would be the funniest thing I've ever heard about Mike in my needs life. needs another shitbag quarterback to miss him. <laughs> anyway, but like the, the NFL very clearly evaluates Kenny Pickett as a good quarterback and as a professional, like, strong-armed quarterback. I think there's a legitimately good chance. 
I it, if there was a way to bet Kenny Pickett top Q QB on the top two QB on the board, I'd bet that a hundred percent. Because I don't think there's any way teams are taking Ritter, uh, Corral, or Howell above yeah, him. Nobody, like I, I just don't see that I think happening. He might be the first quarterback off the board. I, I think that's extremely likely. Like I, I think it's a hundred percent a legitimate possibility. Carolina at six does number. feel right, which will yeah, it, it makes so much sense. Oh my god! And teams it's value such a shitty spot for a quarterback to go. To. Teams value players that can go in and just Take fit back. this mold that's hard to like fuck up like Kenny Pickett whatever you want to say he he's not this like niche player like Lamar Jackson he's not this like crazy statue like Carson Strong he is just a player who can fit a lot of potential molds and I think that's where a lot of the value comes from him I think he's one of the safer QB prospects in this class because I don't think you're really losing a lot by putting Kenny Pickett in that quarterback. I I don't think he's I, I don't think Kenny Pickett's winning you a Super Bowl, but I, I think teams are gonna value that. And because they're gonna value that, I think it's likely he's starting more games than any other quarterback in this draft class next year and has that kind yeah. of setup that if he does hit at the NFL level, which I think there's a legitimate chance he does, he's got a 20-year career ahead of him. Like, uh, it's, well, he'll be like 45. I agree oh, boo-hoo, he's 20. And then, <laughs> he's 24. I do agree with your last man. point. And then I'm going to twist your other... With, uh, in... um, like, you're saying that, uh, you know, that play the most than rookie quarterback i totally agree with that like i think the appeal to Pickett is that he's the closest thing there is to a plug and play guy although i actually think ritter could be that guy but we'll talk about yeah, that next yeah, week I, I agree um, wholeheartedly. and then you know like like I, I do think carolina makes sense if he's drafted by the panthers i think he's their week one starter or very close to it um you know maybe three week three week uh yeah that's an interesting question cute herd answer would be pick it oh mine's you know it's kind of like this is like the dollar tree version of my argument for malik willis over lawrence and fields which uh we'll talk about in two weeks (laughs) but my argument for that is just as good a prospect as of course but he has one year extra value insulation and i prefer the uncertainty of a bad quarterback prospect because we aren't good at evaluating quarterback prospects versus a quarterback who I just watched be bad. Um, and that's unfortunately what Lawrence and Fields did. And I think with Zach Wilson and Pickett, like, you know, I kind of have to apply the same principle, which is that I think that Wilson is a better prospect than Pickett. I just watched Wilson suck. And I'd rather kind of take the unknown, I think, with Pickett attitude about that. I think where I disagree with with Billy, and I was going to bring up Zach Wilson to this, might be considered safe in NFL standards is not that safe because Pickett is of the top five that we talk, who does not run at a high mobile, like he he's athletic enough, but he's not going to be a rushing threat, and that means that if he's bad at football, he's going to score zero fantasy points that are useful to you. Like he actually has to be quite good to score fantasy points. Otherwise he gets into the Zach Wilson zone where he's just not like a startable player. And that's the one thing that scares me a little bit. Whereas I think the other guys, Corral, Howell, Ritter, Willis, even if they're really bad at football, which is possible, 
I think as long as they're starting, they will score fantasy points for you. And Pickett, I think, is the only one that, that actually has to hit at a real football level to be fantasy useful. Yeah, yeah. I, I just want to make a point to uh, Billy's point where he where you said that you don't see a reason why uh, he can't be successful at the next level. Oh, God, here level. comes Tom with the clip again. Uh, no, I just want to point out that there are four years worth of reasons why that he can't be good at that next level. Uh, I just want to reiterate that prior to last season, his career-high college completion percentage was 61.6. And again, previous career-high in touchdown passes is 13 to 9 interceptions. That is alarm bells ringing at maximum volume at all times during the day. And he's not Joe Burrow. There's so what happens? Like, like legitimately, something happens. Well, Jordan Addison is part of it. Uh, yeah, and I so think it's a few Jordan things. Addison, I think, and he's I think like that he got five better. years older than some of his competition. No, but I, I think it's a few things. I think I think that, I think that he got better. Oh, right, like so he got matters. he got better, which makes sense. I mean, he should get better. It was like his fourth year, fifth year as a. I think it was his fourth year as a. He got better. Yeah, good for him. He got better at a rate that most quarterbacks don't. Again, good for him. Like, that's awesome. He's going to get himself a lot of money by being drafted in the first round. But, like, we've seen this before. I, I, I'm, it doesn't, it's not quite as much of like a glaring red flag to me at wide receiver just because quarterback's more. But we have seen this story before guys who don't either don't play or don't play well until later. And then they come in a good season. And I think, yeah, part of it, I think Addison dragged him a little bit. We'll talk about him in, in probably one of our last two shows, the 2023 draft class. Uh, phenomenal wide receiver prospect out of Pittsburgh, won the yeah. bullet in the cough. Addison, I think the picket just also played much better. And yeah, he, he got better at a really impressive rate. But I, yeah, I just, I do think it's a major red flag that he wasn't good uh, until his last year. He's competing against guys in this class that are younger than him might have progressed even a lot a longer uh rate uh if they had the opportunity that Pickett had to continue and call learning draft so yeah it matters to me and the other thing too is people have made the burrow comp i mean he was really good this year he was not joe burrow good this year no. like his stats this year do not compare with the tier of a joe burrow or a mac jones i understand he didn't have the surrounding cast of those guys his elite prospect at wide receiver he doesn't have multiple he doesn't have an o-line full of first rounders but he didn't get to the level of performance in this year where i'm like throw out what happened before he got to the level this year where it's like okay i'm willing to listen look at his if you look at some of his games this year right uh he had six touchdowns against western michigan pretty good then five touchdowns against new hampshire more i cannot click on new hampshire's (laughs) college uh when i'm looking this up Georgia yeah, Tech PFR doesn't scout non-power five. <laughs> well, shocker. Uh, Georgia Tech, three hundred eighty-nine yards, four touchdowns, and then really that's it for uh, I guess against Duke. Uh, and five hundred yards against Miami, Florida. Uh, <laughs> like not Miami, Ohio. What yeah. the fuck do you mean, Florida? <laughs> No, it, where it just, the good school is. I make fun of the F yet, <laughs> but it wasn't. He had five hundred nine yards, but it doesn't mean he had a good I game. I love the Talmud. If it's like, look, if he was good against Miami, 
be one, but no, he's only I, good against the U, so fuck that, that guy. That's that's the joke, guys. Uh, but sure, 50, 55 attempts, right? 39 completions, 519 yards, ate a ton of sacks in that game, and had two two picks on, on three touchdowns. So it just – did he really have a good game? And I don't know. He put up a lot of yards, so good for him, I guess. Dwayne Haskins put up a ton of yards. He got benched next, uh, next week. week next after. week with Tom, um, why Norm Van Brocklin was actually not very good when he threw for 554 yards yep. in a National Football League game. 100%. And then uh, <laughs> what, what is the other one? Virginia, right? Okay, okay. Four touchdown passes. You two skipped picks. over North Carolina. Yeah, again, but the North negative... Carolina game because he was kind of a he was a, that game is the is where the small hands narrative I think really began because he was 15... lighting them up for the whole first half and then it started to rain and then he started to play bad and that's when the small hands thing but started becoming a thing. Fifty eight percent completion in that game, minus eleven yards. The next game, it's minus fourteen hands. yards. Like it just there's, I I, I don't see it. I don't see it in his week to week. It's not impressive enough for me to like be blown out of my chair at his progression. It's, it's kind of progression that I expect out of a guy that's gotten to start at college football for at four years. I expect that. Y'all realize like the top three quarterbacks we have ranked don't play Alabama every year. Like, yeah. And I don't like any of them here. I'm ambivalent. I have, I, I want, if anything, I'm closer to your side. We have picket ranked at the same spot. I just no, don't, no. I agree. I, I agree. I'm more like going down the list of their game log and be like, "Well, you sure sucked against Miami, Ohio." That doesn't work because all of I'm them. I'm just pointing first, out first of all, It's unfortunate when I, to, that we're not talking about Talia Tagovailoa on this podcast. Like, oh yeah, oh, I just, I just wanted to mention that in his most impressive season, when you run down the games that he played didn't blow me away unless they were absolute fucking dog water. And that's alarming to me. All right. So, all right. You're much higher on Ritter than I am. Or yes. no, you're not higher than Ritter, on Ritter than I am. You're much higher on Ritter than Pickett, right? Yes. Especially well, now over there. only had 170 yards in his Navy. I, 100% he did. 140 in Central is he, Florida. Is he, is he 29? Is he Brandon Whedon? Did he no, have that time to like develop? You guys, no, this is but, the like lowest form of of like not, analysis for just like reading game logs. We are no, we are currently this, reading no, I, game logs. But this log. isn't. But this isn't <laughs> like the point of that though. Jacob was that when Billy says there's no, like there's no reason why. There's lots of reasons why. Yes, that's gaslighting. And it's just on surface value. Billy took. Billy took a pail of gas and then he lit it. <laughs> like that's <laughs> it. Just look. if you want to talk Ritter, we can, but it's because it's because I look at Ritter and I go, I sure, he's Ritter. super athletic and he's not yeah. thirty years old. But I, what I like about Ritter more than anybody else in this class is that he's like is the football IQ. Like he calls his own protection. So you talk about Corral and it's yeah. like Corral didn't even decide okay. which side of the field to throw on. Ritter goes to the line. He's calling that. shifts. Like I, yeah. I love. Like he's, I think that make is kind of the thing that. Wow, that's next week. Twenty guys, 20, I love you. We're an hour forty. We're talking about him next week on the Full Tilt Odyssey podcast. Twenty how how, how Desmond Ritter calls his own protections. 
27 year pro in college and he can't call his own protections and Kenny Pickett. So that's just what it is. But look, that's what we're going to call the show. Billy and I'll probably continue this argument. I'm going to bed. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. He's, he's folding. That's fine. We're going to watch Kenny throwing in the rain against North Carolina. Oh yeah. I can't wait. I can't wait to do the clips for next week too. By the way, if any of you guys want to spin your narratives and do the clips, Feel fucking free. <laughs> Otherwise, you're gonna deal with the ones that I can't I'm wait till it. next week when we get clips of Ritter and it's just like only his good plays. It'll be only the best like ones. Twenty five yeah. yard games. I'm just throwing run... darts. We're gonna go back and do Sam Howell boy. with like Sam Howell just ninety yard dot. Yeah, I get the last word every yeah, time. Yeah, he controls because... when the show ends. Yeah, one hundred percent. I could just cut it right now. That's the best part. It's called fascism, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. Don't love it. It's called. It's called it's, being the uh, only one who has countries. Sometimes they tell us Kenny Pickett's branded weed and act like we can't say anything <laughs> to disagree. Look, uh, uh, I mean, they're both going to be first round picks. And they're both going to be forty five coming out of college. But, um, like, um, yeah, it's fantastic. I love it. I love this show. It's it's so much fun, even if it is the lowest form of analysis. Jacob, um, guys. What do you what do you have going on right now, Billy? You're still doing your mocks? Nothing, fucking nothing. I got nothing going on. I'm waiting to the draft show. No. I I got fucking fuck all going on. I have an underdog draft that I forgot I was in. Jacob, what do you got going on? Oh my god. Uh, at least uh, part I'm dead or part two of my thinking about thinking series on uh, fascism. No, I wrote it about ranges of outcomes, um, how they're distributed, how they're created, uh, ranges of outcomes that we see in real life that, that apply to fantasy. And young players can get changed uh, their value too much in the market factors. So check that out. It is pinned at the top of my Twitter. Uh, I'll be working on the rookie guide um, myself and uh, former and future Full Tilt Dynasty guest Drew Ozenchuk um, are uh, collaborating on our Bulletproof Rookie Guide. That'll come out. I think I think we'll have one like a little bit short of the draft, and then we'll have the official one uh, after the draft. So super excited to do that in my free time. And otherwise, just finishing up my uh, law school clinic term, pumped up for uh, the NFL draft. I cannot wait uh, to read the draft profile you guys come up with, Baby Hands Picket. Uh it's I, I look forward to sending Billy off the rails uh, as many times as I can uh, when discussing him. And I swear to God, if he gets drafted to Carolina, I'm going to yeet myself uh, out of existence and straight into the sun. Cause I don't think I can mentally handle having to root for him. Uh, and as for me, I have uh, an article on why Amari Cooper is the fantasy football middle child that you need to be avoiding and treating like a middle child. You can go and get that on going for two.com. I also have three reasons why Trey Lance will break out in 2022, even with Garoppolo in the building. Uh, good night, Lucas. You, you enjoy, enjoy yourself, man. And other than that, we're just continuing to move on with the full tilt dynasty podcast. As I said, new show will be debuting in a couple of weeks, a full tilt Devi podcast myself and Andy star. That's uh can't can't wait for that we're just moving along here can't wait till next week so i can send billy off the rails one more time we're going to try to keep that show under an hour and 45 uh but until then always remember the same things be kind to one another 
except for Billy when it comes to Kenny Pickett. Uh, check in on your loved ones, especially when it comes to Billy to, uh, and I talking about Kenny Pickett. And and just really try to enjoy yourselves. We're in a really <laughs> – Billy took off. We're in a really special time right now with in fantasy football, and it's one of the most uh, fun times of the year for us and everyone listening. So stay tuned for everything else we have going on. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose, and that your best days, well, they're always spent tilting. Good night, everybody. Enjoy the uh, rest of your week. Billy, Billy, can you confirm if I got that right? Because I think that I did. Yeah, nailed it. <laughs> Show that Billy posted a extremely tiny photo of a person oh, and no. i spend so much time on player profiler correct ryan Tannehill's neck oh my god in one guess <sighs> i don't know why the, i got the drive to do that that's that's why we uh we do what we do here guys so we can look at necks good night everybody <laughs>